Hello, and welcome back to the third episode of 3D Printing Basics. Last episode, we talked about the early history of 3D printing, which included the founding of 3D printing in the 1980s, all the way up to the introduction of printing to the mainstream with the RepRap project in the mid-2000s. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would recommend going back and listening to that episode and then listening to this one, just to get everything in chronological order. Now I would like to continue on with the history of 3D printing by talking about the 2010s. There was a lot going on in the world of additive manufacturing during the 2010s, arguably more than any period that has come before it. Some of the major topics include the rise of Creality and the Bed Slinger, Ultimaker and the quote professional printers rising in popularity, as well as the patent for FDM expiring, which in my opinion was the biggest thing to happen to 3D printing in the 2010s. So, let's get into it. I would like to start with the FDM patent expiration. Scott Crump, who I mentioned and talked about in the last episode, is widely considered the founder of 3D printing. This is due to his invention and patenting of FDM style printing. Now, I'm going to create another episode that dives into FDM and other styles of 3D printing, so be on the lookout for that. But basically, the short version of FDM is heating up and extruding thermoplastics out through a nozzle onto a build plate and building up an object through layers of laying down this extruded plastic. This is definitely the most common type of additive manufacturing, and Crump's patent had a stranglehold on this market. Because of the patent, 3D printers cost upwards of $10,000, and that is just absolutely ridiculous. There's just no way any kind of hobbyist, especially in the mid-2000s to late-2000s and early-2010s, could ever hope to get into 3D printing with a cost of $10,000. That's just absolutely absurd. Thankfully for the community, this patent did expire in 2009, and amazing enough, this dropped the price of average 3D printers from $10,000 to just $1,000. This really opened up the game to a whole new field of makers, and companies like MakerBot and Ultimaker also rose from this environment and from this patent expiring. So it was really huge and opened the door for a lot of hobbyists and also a lot of other companies to make a play in the 3D printing world. Now with this patent expiring, I would say that the biggest thing to come out of it was the rise of the budget 3D printer. And the company I would like to specifically talk about is Creality, which is a company out of China that was and continues to be the driving force behind budget 3D printers. They were founded in 2014, but didn't really become relevant until 2018 when they released their most famous model, the Ender 3. Now, I'm sure almost everybody has heard of the Ender 3. It's just about the starting printer for everybody. The Ender 3 was marketed as the lowest budget printer on the market, and at $200, it pretty much was. The Ender 3, like I said, became the starter printer for just about everybody that was new to the 3D printing industry, and that includes myself, who purchased an Ender 3 in 2020, and I began my journey with it. I personally liked it, but then I broke it, so who's to say whether my experience was good or bad? Anyways, Creality has since come out with a variety of printers, including multiple upgraded and newer versions of the Ender 3, and this along with its other inventions, including the Sir Moon 1, the Ender 5, and the Ender 6, continues to be a dominant force in the 3D printing universe. However, it is companies like Creality and their bedslingers whose reign at the top of the market may be coming to an end. That is because, starting just last year in 2022, the 3D printing landscape began to change. 
See, the problem with 3D printing was that it honestly took forever. In some cases, you could be waiting hours or even days for a print to finish. And depending on size, infill, what type of material you're using, amongst other things, it just took so long to get a print finished. And that was the case. You just had to deal with it until a little bit of firmware called Clipper came along. And with this piece of firmware, a new company also sprung up with hopes of turning this industry upside down. And, as I'm sure many of you can guess, this company was called Bamboo Lab. But first, let's get into Clipper. Clipper is an open source 3D firmware developed by Kevin O'Connor, who was the original author and the current maintainer of Clipper, so he was the one who invented Clipper. And so what Clipper does is it allows interaction between your 3D printer's hardware, such as motors and sensors, and software. So it allows the interaction between their hardware and software, such as slicers, in order to understand the G-code commands used to 3D print an object. Now I know that for us beginners, and yes, that definitely includes me, we may not understand firmware and G-code and what it does to our printer. So I will try to sum it up the best that I can. Clipper runs your 3D printer's mainboard much faster, which causes it to move during printing much faster. It also utilizes input shaping, which measures and calibrates the vibration of the 3D printer while it is moving and counteracts the effects, ensuring a very smooth and precise print that is two to three times faster than non-clipper printers. So basically what it does is it measures how much your printer is vibrating while it is in the process of printing and then properly counteracts that vibration, allowing for your print moving even faster and vibrating like crazy to still come out smooth and precise just like you want it and this made clipper absolutely revolutionize the world of 3d printing and allowed us makers to work at a rate that is exponentially faster than anything else that we had seen before so clipper is responsible for many advances in 3d printing but it is just a firmware and a firmware is no good when there's no printer that is equipped to run it you can't just install clipper on any old printer and expect it to run now that is where the company Bamboo Lab comes along. Bamboo Lab was started by a group of engineers also in China, and their goal was to utilize Clipper firmware and create the fastest desktop printers on the market. And they did just that. In 2022, Bamboo Lab started a Kickstarter for their first product, the X1 Carbon, and raised an astonishing $1.3 million. Good for being inside the top 10 of the highest Kickstarter printers ever. Now that is just absolutely insane when a company with no background in 3D printing, not even a product to show for it, raises $1.3 million from just the average people. The Kickstarter is for average people to invest in anything, printers, tech, any kind of stuff. That's what Kickstarter is for. So it's just absolutely mind blowing that a company without a product was able to raise so much money and really shows the potential that people saw in this company. And it paid off. Once the X1 hit the market, it absolutely blew up. The speed and capabilities of the printer, including added features such as a micro LiDAR detector and flow rate compensation, sent Bamboo Lab to the moon in terms of sales and recognition. Now, all of a sudden, Bamboo Labs is all anyone can talk about. I remember after the X1 came out, my whole entire YouTube feed was just filled with reviews upon reviews upon reviews of the X1 Carbon, later on the p1p it's just it's all anyone could talk about it's the only kind of videos that i saw 
And this convinced me to buy a P1P, which I still have, and I love it. And now all my printers are Bamboo Labs. I have two P1Ps, and I have an X1 Carbon, and I really love them all, and they're all great machines. So this left one question that everybody was being asked, was this thing the real deal? And it turns out it was. Since then, like I said, Bamboo has released three additional printers and continues to be massively successful. They have influenced the world of 3D printing so much that now you'd find it difficult to find a company out there that has not come out with some version of a clipper-enabled high-speed printer. And with that, takes us to the present of 3D printing. Like I said personally, I have three Bamboo Labs printers, and I love all of them. They are very reliable and easy to use, honestly. That's, I th think what I love most about these Bamboo Labs printers is just how easy they are to use. Start them up right away, and they get going, and they don't stop. It's really an awesome machine. And I think it would be hard to find someone who is taking 3D printing seriously that doesn't have a Bamboo Lab printer in their arsenal or hasn't at least considered or is saving up for one. And that's pretty much where we are today in the world of 3D printing. I hope you enjoyed listening, and I hope that now you have a good understanding of the history of 3D printing. This was a really fun two-episode miniseries for me. I really enjoyed diving into all the history of the articles and the tidbits of information that I honestly didn't know about. It was truly a treat for me, and I hope to do this again with other topics. Um, speaking of topics, feel free to email me if you have any questions or topics for me to discuss. I would love to hear what you think. Please leave me a review if you can, like these episodes, follow me. All of the support is what's going to keep this podcast going, and I couldn't do it without you guys. I love doing this. I love giving the basics of 3D printing out to anybody who might listen to it and I truly enjoy making these podcast episodes and I'm going to keep doing it so your support means absolutely it means the world to me I couldn't thank you guys enough so thank you for listening and until next time stay printing